Welcome to the podcast of Pastor Daniel Braddock. He is the pastor of First Assembly of God in Plant City, Florida. We are so excited that you have joined us to listen to Pastor Braddock's powerful preaching from each Sunday morning church service. Listen closely to these messages, and your journey with Jesus will be wonderfully impacted. If you have your Bible, if you like to stand, you can. If you don't, that's fine. <clears throat> like to read our text. This is where we started last Sunday morning. We talked about Abel. Tonight I want to talk about Enoch. It says, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain to which he obtained witness that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts, and through it, being dead, still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. But before he was taken, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Wow. That is awesome. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness, which is according to the faith, or to faith. Father, we thank you again today for your blessings. We ask now for a few moments that you would strengthen our bodies, touch our minds and our hearts, that we may share these thoughts with your people tonight. And Lord, I hope that is our testimony, that you're pleased with us. I pray, Lord, that you bless, meet every need, bless these that have come, bless their homes, their families, meet every need of each life, Lord, and we'll thank you for all your many blessings. For it's in your name we pray, and everybody said, amen and amen. You may be seated. Wave at your neighbor and tell him you love him. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Of the faith of Enoch, it says, verse number five, by faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death. Think about that. You know, and I'm not trying to be morbid, but most of us, unless the rapture takes place in the next few weeks, days, or months, we're going by the way of the grave. But that doesn't stop God. We're all, if you're, if you're ready, you're going up either way. Amen. But as we look at this tonight, 
He is the second of the elders that, that through faith had a good report. What has he reported to him or of him in this place? And if you want to read the account of Enoch, it's only three, three verses long in Genesis chapter 5, verse 22. But it says that he walked with God. Amen. He walked with God. Let me, let me just throw in here something. You got to, and I don't mean this in the wrong term, but just think with me. The day in which he lived was not peaches and cream. There was wickedness. Probably hatred. What we're seeing in America today. There was all kind of violence probably going on because when you get to Noah, you'll see where it all falls into place. But he said he walked with God. Listen, it really doesn't matter what the world is doing. If you are a child of God, the world has no part in you. The Bible tells us, love not the world, nor the things in the world. Is that right? Brother Sam touched all around it this morning. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. We're the children of the Most High God. We've been redeemed from this world. Set free. Oh, hallelujah. Mm. That is, when he walked with God, that he was really, eminently, actively, progressively, and perseveringly religious in his conformity to God. So that word just gnawed at me for the last couple of days, so I looked it up in the dictionary. It means to bring into harmony or agreement. Oh, can I have some fun right here? I'm going to anyway. One of the problems we see today in our society, we want God on this hand, but we want the world in the other hand. We can't have both. The Bible tells me that God will not dwell in an unclean temple. Either we are born again or we're sinners. It's true. There's no middle ground. There's no in between. But oh, thank God today when we become Christians, we become new creatures. Our ways are different. Or it's supposed to be. Let me put it like that. Okay? We're living in a time when people claim to get saved, but they don't change their ways. That's the sad part. But if you're truly born again, you will change your ways. He brought into conformity. In harmony and agreement. In 365 days or years, 
He walked with God. We live today in a time when we want to serve God at our convenient time. But we didn't get into this thing to do it in, in a convenient way. Hello? We're in this thing to the end. Whatever comes, whatever happens, it's not going to deteriorate from us. He said he was in full agreement. I like that. He was conformed to God. Oh, listen, let, let us get rid of the things of this world and conform to what God wants in our life. Not only that, he had communion with God. 365 years? I know none of us is going to live 365 years. But I'll tell you what, we can have communion every day with Jesus. We can have communion with the Lord when we get up. We can have communion when we walk through the day. Wherever we're going, we can have communion because we are part of Him and He's part of us. Amen. So I wrote down, these are my own thoughts. Communion with God means you have a relationship with Him. And when you have a relationship with Him, you have fellowship with Him. Yesterday, we had to go to Claremont and do the funeral of my friend. And at the cemetery when everybody was leaving and his wife came up and said, Brother Braddock, could you go by a few moments and visit? I said, I would love to. But I said, if we got services in the morning and I need to get back home. I really would love to have went, sat down, and fellowship with them. Encouraged them. But yet, because of the circumstances here, we had to get back. But let's don't be in a hurry to not fellowship with the one who died for us. Fellowship with Him. Walk with Him. Obey Him. Let Him lead you. When you have a relationship. See, there's a lot of people got religion. But they don't have a relationship. I got a relationship. Hallelujah. I have a relationship. I don't have a religion. Thank God. Because when Christ came into my life, He changed my heart and said, I love you. He restored me to the Father's table. He restored me to the fresh bread and the fresh water every day. That's the fellowship. Listen, we need, that's why church, church is important. We need to come together in fellowship. I think I've told this, but let me, let me just, in point of reference, when we came 25 years ago, first couple of services, Brother Tommy, you probably remember some others. As soon as I would dismiss, everybody, boom, they were gone. I mean, look around and there wasn't nobody here. Well, about a year later, I just happened to notice one Sunday, people standing around talking. 
fellowshipping. And y'all ain't quit. That's good. Because somebody may need just a word of encouragement. Somebody may need somebody to just walk up and say, Hey, how you doing? I love you. I was concerned about you. I was thinking about you today. That's fellowship. And when you have that relationship with the Father, oh, hallelujah, it's like a well bubbling up on the inside. When He comes up, you got to get it out. Don't hold it back. Let it flow out of your innermost being, the love of God. Let it flow out of you, the presence of God. Amen? Ooh, that's good if I am doing it. I like it. He had communion with God. Not only that, and complacency in God. He walked with God. The word complacency means he's quite satisfied. I'm satisfied because I'm a born-again believer. There's a lot of people satisfied with the world. I don't like what's going on in our world today, in our nation. But you know what? That's man. I'm in touch with the Father. I'm satisfied because He knows where I live. He sees my problems. He knows my difficulties. He knows my circumstances. And yet he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I will go with you even to the ends of the earth. That's my father. That's the fellowship. That's the complacency I have in him, knowing that he's always there. Yes. Amen. You know, I, I had to learn this the hard way. Growing up in the old traditional church, you know, we thought we had to do it a certain way, and if you didn't, you didn't have church. Well, I woke up one day, found out we didn't have to do it a certain way. I found out all I have to do is humble myself before Him, and I can have church. Yes. I was listening to, what is it, 91.5? Gospel, what? Joy FM, going down Park Road the other day, and I got to hear. They, have y'all heard the song Rattling? Rattle. Rattle. Oh, y'all got to hear it. I'd like to play it for you. It's about the dry bones coming out of the grave. He said the dry bones is coming out of the grave again. Woo, I like that. And he talks about and said, the dry bones is going to realize all the promises of God are not dead. There's going to be victory again. Whoa, hallelujah. I may not shout high or jump high, but I'm telling you what, there's a shout on the inside of me, knowing that the presence of God is forever real. He's not left. He's always there. He's my revival. Mm. Wow. He pleased God. 
And I didn't jump into it, but let me just go back and pick that up. The word please simply means to be agreeable to or to satisfy. Please. How many of you told your kids or somebody, I'm pleased with you? I love those. I hate for somebody, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like what you said this morning. That's all right. We got big shoulders. We can handle it. But I love it when somebody can walk up and say, I appreciate you. That means they're pleased with me. They're pleased with you. They're in agreement with you. Hallelujah. Y'all still with me? All right. Let me move on. It said that he was translated that he should not see death, nor any part of him who found be found upon the earth. For God took him, soul and body, into heaven. And he will do those of the saints who shall be found alive at the second coming. Woo! Oh, John 14 verses 1 through 6 tells us, no, John put it up there. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house or what? You know, and it's so sad that people have brought it down to a little room. When I read, when I read the word mansion, I'm talking about humongous. We saw houses yesterday on a lake north of Claremont. And John, I think John said something about one's out trying to do the other. I mean, huge. They can put my, my house too and another one with it under the roof of that one. Huge. My son told me about Shaquille O'Neal's house over in Orlando. He said it was so big, he had a round bed he slept on. The house cost nearly $2 million. Now, to me, that'd be a mansion. It ain't, you know. But all it is is brick and mud and sheetrock and all that junk. And it all decay and go away. But if we're in our Father's house, there are going to be many mansions there. And it's going to be for every child of God. Woo! How many of you are planning on going? All right. Get excited about it. He said, if it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. My Lord, have mercy. And if I go and prepare a place for you, he will what? He said, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That's where I am. There you may be also. We're going to get to be with Jesus. Mm. Hallelujah. Verse number four. Where I go, you know, and the way you know. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you're going. How can we know the way? Here it is. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You're not going to get to heaven any other way except through Christ. You won't make it any other way. 
what does John say? What is it, John 10? He said, the thief and the robber, they try to come up some other way. But he said, it's not going to happen. If you plan to make heaven your home, you got to come through Jesus. Amen. And then there's a couple of other scriptures. Matthew, go to 1 Corinthians 15, 52. It says, this is the, talking about the rapture. He said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, whoo, the trumpet will sound. You know who's going to hear the trumpet? The children of God. For the trumpet will sound... And the dead will be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Woo! I won't have to worry about arthritis. I won't have to worry about heart problems. I won't have to worry about anything else. I'm going to have a glorified body that knows no pain, no sorrow, no sickness, none of those things. We're going to get to walk on the streets of God in a brand new body. Hallelujah. Woo! Glory. And guess what? It ain't going to take all day in the twinkling of an eye. Now, I don't know what a twinkle is. I think I do, but a what? A a, well, I think it's even smaller than that. Yeah. You know, a twinkle. It's going to be so fast. Can you ma imagine? He said, do what? Amen. You think about that, though. The dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Hallelujah. And then you go to 1 Thessalonians verse four, uh, chapter 4 um, chapter 4 verse 13 through 18. I think I give you that one. We quote this all the time. It said, but I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with Him those who sleep in Jesus. The word sleep there means death. That's what it means. Those who are asleep. And when you read that word sleep, it's talking about You've worked hard all day. You go home and rest. I got sleepy coming home yesterday. And I couldn't do nothing but yawn. And I, I laid my head back. Couldn't go to sleep. Traffic was so bad on I-4. And I was afraid John was going to run over somebody. And they run over us. But I said when I dropped him off at his house and I got under the steering wheel, I said, Lord, just let me get to the house and get in my recliner. And I did. And that's the last thing I remember for about an hour and 15 minutes. I got rest. But I woke up. I'm talking about sleep. We may go to sleep in this life. 
But when Jesus comes, we'll be awakened. Woo! Think about it, church. We may be asleep. We may be dead, but when that rapture takes place, when that trumpet sounds, that body is going to turn loose. And we'll be awake from that moment on throughout eternity. The word eternity means forever, no end. We'll be awake for all of that time. He said, this is what's going to happen. In the heaven, we'll do the, the saints. Oh, I'm glad tonight to know that that's going to happen. That before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. And all afternoon and even last night, that has haunted me. And I'm going to ask a question. Don't raise your hand. I just want you to think. Is God pleased with us? I'm including myself. Is God pleased with me? Is God pleased with us? That's a sobering question, isn't he? He had that testimony. He pleased with him. The Rainbow Bible said for 365 years, he was in constant touch with God. I like that. See, folks, I don't just come and serve God on Sunday. I serve him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Where you're spiritual. No, I'm just an individual who loves Jesus and Jesus loves me. He said, we are His children. Now, I don't know how y'all were. Most of you probably fit in this category, but in the us older folks, when our parents said, don't do something, it was the fear of God if you did it. Right? I mean, buddy, you, you better hope, pray they don't find out. Because you're in trouble. I always hated it when, if I got in trouble, Daddy would say, you, when I get you home, I'm going to wear you out. I didn't want to go home. Because I knew what was coming. And I'd pray all the way home, Lord, don't let him forget it. Let him forget it. But as soon as he walked in the door, here come the belt. Come here, boy. And he'd lay one on us. He didn't kill us. He didn't hurt us. But he taught us. He taught us. He said he was in constant contact with God. Worship the Lord. Matthew, put up Romans 8, verses 15 through 17. I love these verses. He said, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry out, Abba, Father. The word Abba in the Hebrew and in Israel today means Father. Father. 
Father, Father, the Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if He claims we're His children, He is pleased with us. Woo! That don't get you excited? When I used to work on the job, when I worked for UPS, every time we got a new supervisor out of Orlando, here they come. They want to take my job away. I was a car wash. I washed them trucks for three years at night. And every time we hear, here he come. Oh, we got to do this. We got to. I said, no, I'm going to keep my job. I'd wash them trucks every night. He said, we are His children. But you know what the report was after I left? Me and a black gentleman over in St. Petersburg had the best looking fleet in the state of Florida. You know why? They had to do it. We did our job. Amen? He said, and if children, then heirs. Heirs of God. Join heirs with Christ. If we indeed suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. We are His children. Amen. Then heirs, heirs of God, and join heirs with Christ. Mm. Amen. Now, I was telling Brother Buddy this morning, there's some Braddocks down in Wachula. Brother James, I don't know if you ever heard of him or not, but he's a multimillionaire. I was hoping he'd pay his tithes. Y'all come on, you laugh. And we went down and filled before we came here. We went and filled in that one weekend down there for the pastor that was gone, and they asked us to go and fill in for them. And so they took us to lunch after, after service. And this guy just happened to walk in, him and his wife. And one of the men that carried us, him and his wife, he looked up and he said, well, there come some of you kin folks. I said, really? He said, yeah. His name is Braddock. And said, he lives out here, turn right, go out of town. He called Braddock Ranch. And said, he's a multimillionaire. I said, let me meet him. <laughs> I one day got to drive by his place down there in Wachula. Multimillionaire. We introduced each other. How you doing? Come to find out he was born and raised in Tampa. My grandparents come out of Georgia. So there's no relationship. But you think about that. Got the same name, but we're not heirs. I'm not his heir. But with Jesus, I'm an heir. When the blessings come, guess who gets to receive those blessings? Oh, hallelujah. Think about it. Do you ever stop to think God never has to give you a blessing, but he does? He doesn't have to, but because you're His children, you're His heir, He pours out His blessings on you. 
He keeps blessing me. And that ain't the right one, is it? What is that old song? What? I can't hear you, Mark. Yes, there it is. If he keeps on blessing. And he blesses. Let me just share, share that. I know, I know this is a little bit off, but let me. Every moment, every day that you wake up and able to stand to your feet, you are blessed. If you can get up and eat breakfast or drink a cup of coffee, you're blessed. Because God has allowed you another day. God has allowed you another hour in your life. You're a blessed person. You know why? Because we are heirs. You know what I got from my father when he passed? I got two sets of Bible commentaries. That's all I got. But I treasured those things. I find where he wrote notes in the, the flyleaf. I saw where he underlined things and wrote Scripture down. And I would read them and know that that was my Father. He did those things. And I'm telling you today, our Father, the same Father that you and I have tonight, He sees what we're doing and He says, I've got something for you. It's because of the blessing. Because you've been faithful and you walk with me every day. I am going to bless you because you you are my heir. Hallelujah. All right. Now we're going to get down to some good nitty gritty. Verse number six in our text. What is here said of the faith? It is said that without faith, it is impossible to please God. Matthew, go to James chapter 2. We'll bring it to a close here in just a moment. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. You follow along with me. You can, you can figure it out. It's about faith. What does it profit my brother to say that he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus also by also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, You have faith, I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? See, I've, I've wondered about that scripture for a long time. And as I begin to study this and research it out, let me give it to you out of the Message Bible. I hope you don't mind. It says, Dear friend, do you think you'll get anywhere in this? If you learn the right words but never do anything, does merely talking about faith indicate that a person really has it? For instance, you come upon an old friend dressed in rags, half-starved, 
and say, Good morning, friend. Be clothed in Christ. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. And walk off without providing so much as a coat or a cup of soup. Where does that get you? Isn't it obvious that God talks about God? Isn't it obvious that God talk without God acts is outrageous nonsense? Did you get it? It is obvious that God talk without God acts is nonsense. I can already hear one of you agreeing by saying, Sounds good. You take care of the faith department. I'll handle the works department. Not so fast. You can no more show me your works apart from your faith than I can show you my faith apart from my works. Faith and works. Works and faith. They fit together hand in glove. Do I hear you professing to believe in the one and holy God, the only God, but then observe your complacency sitting back as if you had done something wonderful? That's just great. Demons do that. But what good does it do them? Use your head. Do you suppose for a moment that you can cut faith and works in two and not end up with a corpse on your hands. Faith and works go together. Did you get it? As a child of God, when we walk in fellowship with God, when we see a brother in need, and I was thinking about it said a Bible in, I think it's Luke chapter 10, it says there was a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. And the Bible said he fell among thieves. And they stripped him. They beat him. They left him for dead. Here come the priest. Hmm. They walked off. Went across the street. The Bible says the second man was a Christian a religious man, put it like that, and said he walked by. He did stop and look, but went on down his road. But here's the beautiful part. It says the Samaritan, the dog, one that the Jews had nothing to do with, came by and saw him and stopped and bathed his wounds poured in the oil of healing, revived him, put him on his donkey, and carried him to the next town, put him up in the inn, and took care of him and said, I'll pay if there's any more when I come back, I'll pay you for it. That's what we're talking about. Faith and works. Works and faith. Now he could have walked on by and said, you got what you deserve. No. He reached out. He had faith. And his works caused him to do that for the stranger. You don't never know who you're going to walk up on. You don't never know who you're going to see. But my point is simply this. If we're pleased with God, He will lead us and help us to be helped to others.
Amen. Amen. Y'all come on. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Faith without works is dead. Are we, is God pleased with us tonight? That's the question. I hope He is. I hope we do every day. We please Him. Stand with me, please. Hallelujah. I don't know if you'd like to come or not this evening. If you'd like to come and stand here and just simply say, Lord, I want to be pleasing in your sight. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Look into me. And let me just throw this in here. If the blessings of God have stopped flowing, do an inventory and say, Lord, are you pleased with me? Sing, Brother Mark. Spirit of yes. the Lord. Would you like to come? for listening today to the podcast of Pastor Daniel Braddock. If you are encouraged and uplifted by Pastor Braddock's preaching, please write a positive review on your favorite podcast app. Subscribe to this podcast on your app so you will not miss any future episodes. Take the word preached by Pastor Braddock and share it with your family, your friends, and your community. May God bless you today.